Hello and welcome to Unrendered episode 86. 86, son? Man, is that all you do is just repeat what I say, yes. remember? Is that yes, all I son? do? Yes, son. Yes, son. So anyway, this week we have Leonard Chang. He is the writer for season five of Justified. In this episode, Cameron, you're not in here. I am not here, unfortunately. It was a great episode, though, wasn't I, it? Yeah, it was awesome. You're it was gonna, fantastic. You're going to assume. because I'm going to just go with the flow just go and with say it. it was a great episode, go because all of our episodes are great. Isn't right. that right? Yeah, you should subscribe right. to us on iTunes, because they're so great. How are you listening to this Make right sure now? that while you're on iTunes, rate and give us a comment, because that's how we keep getting these cool guests. So yes. make sure to go on our iTunes page, our Stitcher page. Uh, and our SoundCloud. Make sure to check all those out, but make sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Please, please, please. Yes. Five stars, please come our way. Please. So anyway. Yeah, but we forgot to say, did you say there was Matt rather yes, than me? Yes, our friend Matt, who's appeared in the podcast before, Matt Sanderland, uh, he also is in this episode with me because he is a huge fan of Justified, and I figured, why not have him on? Yeah. So, so we did. Without any further hesitation, episode 86, Leonard Chang. I'm Allison Hayslip. Chris Gore. Michael Rooker. Brendan Small. Jessica Chobot. And you're listening to Unrendered. Welcome to Unrendered. I'm your host, Michael Artris. I'm Matt Sanderlin. Our guest today is a writer for Justified, a writer who was on a show called Awake, and he also has written a book that's coming out this summer called Trip Lines. Leonard Chain, welcome to Unrendered. Thanks very much for having me here. No, thank you so much for taking the time out to do this. Really appreciate it. But uh, without further ado, I want to know, what is something that you are nerding out about at this moment or something you're just really into recently? Well, I mean, I've just been working nonstop on Justified for the past, you know, six, seven months. And so, and we just finished a shoot that was really long. And so all I've been doing my whole life has been basically living, breathing, eating, thinking about Justified, the character's <laughs> story, everything that's going on. So uh, that's basically uh, obsessing me and taking up all of my time for the past few months. So even that's awesome. if you have, yeah, it is awesome. But even if you don't have like, if you have off time, what do you find yourself doing? See, well, here's the thing. In terms of off time, like I, my my usual day, um, even when I'm not shooting, I'm in the office by six a.m. I'm out maybe eight nine o'clock, and uh, and then you know, basically I have a little time to crash and watch some TV or do some or do a little reading. But otherwise, I'm pretty much twenty four seven with Justified. And when I'm shooting, uh, it's even it's even crazier than that. Uh, We've had 4 a.m. wraps, and I'd get home by 6 a.m., and I'd have a few oh hours gosh. of sleep, and I'd go back and, you know, for a, like a 12, 12 o'clock call. And so um, it's, it's all, the thing about TV, and it can be all-consuming. And, um, and just now, as I'm beginning to sort of transition and we're heading into the end of the season and um, about to head on into hiatus, that's when I begin to sort of relax, breathe, do other things, and... Um, trying to have a, a little bit more balanced life, but um, up, up until basically this week, it's been all all justified all the time. In terms of even on the weekends, there's not a whole lot of downtime, so it's a little crazy. Oh my gosh! Well, how did you get started writing for Justified? Well, I was originally on, as you said, on a show called Awake, and when that was great canceled, show, great show. 
Oh, um, I'm glad you liked it. We we worked crazy hard on that show, and Could it's tell. too bad it didn't go. But but it was it was a good experience overall. But Justified was something that I was aware of even before it was it was shot. Uh, Graham Yost, who developed it, and of course uh, based on Elmore Leonard's work, mm-hmm. um, I was aware of for a very long time. And I actually remember reading the pilot. Um, uh, even before it sold, I think, and I and I realized that that was this was a show that was uh, something very special, kind of amazing, actually. And I told my agent way back in you know 2009, I think, um, this is a show that I want to be on. So please keep it up, keep it on your radar. Um, I worked on Awake, and then when Awake went down, that's when uh, all of forces sort of converged, um, and uh, they were looking for a new writer, and I was just at that moment free. And I met with all. I met with uh, Graham Yost and Frank Golan and the other EPs, um, and we all clicked. And it was sort of a nice synergy of uh, my crime crime writing fiction and and uh, my TV experience and sort of my uh, appreciation of Elmore Leonard. And so it all sort of worked out that I joined them two years ago. That's great. That's awesome. Now, going into a show like Justified, it draws a lot from the South, uh, simply because it's set in Kentucky, and you're from New York, so how did you prepare for writing for this kind of atmosphere? Well, one of the amazing things is sort of anchoring yourself with a particular character, um, and something about Boyd Crowder just spoke Love to me Boyd. from the very, very beginning, uh, actually from the, from the novella, from the short story, Fire in the Hole. Um, and then also from the pilot and the subsequent episodes, um, something about his, I would say, neo-biblical rhetoric. His yes, oh, I love uh, it. Affinity with crime, his being part of a crime family, uh, and his just broad and sort of immersive uh, self-taught education and reading. Uh, that was what really sort of um, uh, uh, sort of sparked with me. And it wasn't that much of a leap to uh, draw upon, you know, my, my some of my favorite writers like Faulkner um, or Carson McCullough, and use that as the basis for which to uh, investigate who Boyd was. And then um, using the voice of the show that was already established by by the very uh, very strong writers already there, I just sort of used what they sort of presented, and it also really helps to get to know the actors very well. So. Um, when Walton, you know, when I got to know Walton and sort of began to sort of see him immerse himself in his character, it became actually really easy to write for him. Um, and that's when, and that, and then eventually I began to get to know the other, the other actors and the other characters. But that was my sort of entree into the show. Yeah, he's a great, he's kind of a gateway character, um, especially in that first season. You know, he's. I'm not going to try to reveal too much, but obviously he has great character development and you kind of see him as one very particular way in the first season and by the second season and the third season, he's a different character. And now, honestly, he is my favorite character, uh, especially this season in season five. Again, I will not give anything away, but if you're not watching the show, you need to catch up immediately because season five is some of the most fun I've ever seen in a television show. It is wild chaos. It's great. Um, well, I, that, that's awesome, and I, and I appreciate you saying that. I think uh, an interesting thing about Boyd is that he is um, a little bit of a chameleon in that he tries to appropriate other guises while trying to figure out who he is. And so every season we see this interesting evolution and development of who he is as a character. And now 
we're getting to, as you said, a very interesting point in this season, um, which is now the penultimate season, because we sort of all agreed that the show was going to end uh, after season six, next season. Yeah, so things that. are coming to a head in a very big way. Um, and so it's all actually been really, really fun to write because of that, because we all know when the end point is. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think uh, I appreciate you saying that, and I think uh, all of us are really, really um, excited and energized by what's going on with with the stories and with the characters and with the show in general as we head to that end point. That's so awesome to hear, because I feel I feel that way when I watch the show. I feel a start and a finish, and I feel uh, an arc happening, a story arc that's very, very well structured. And I mean. You probably noticed that too. Yeah. Um, we're no. Wondering. Yeah. What is the creative process like while writing Justified? Uh, do the writers go all into like a room and duke out ideas, or are uh, certain writers uh, responsible for certain episodes? How does that work out? It's absolutely the former, where we all get together many, many hours in a day. This is why the the whole process is very time consuming and takes a lot of a lot of energy. But and we it actually meet a couple too. months. Yeah, before the show begins to shoot, we meet up and we sit in a room six, seven, eight, nine, sometimes ten hours, um, hashing out all the stories, hashing out the characters, and really um, forcing ourselves to look at all the characters in a very deep, sort of um, organic way. Um, and as that sort of evolves, Graham, um, the showrunner, he has certain goalposts in mind. He thinks, okay, uh, he proposes uh, by midpoint of the season, I kind of want this to happen. By the end, I definitely want to see this happen in some way. How can nice. we sort of make this work? And as we begin to kick it around and talk endlessly about it and, and consider all the different permutations of the stories and the characters, um, we begin to come up with stories and outlines and sort of general ideas. And then we also float these by the other EPs and as well as the actors, because the actors actually have a pretty big... Um, input in terms of, of where their characters are going and slowly all sort of coalesces and sort of funnels into what you see on the screen but it is definitely a long arduous process to sort right. of make sure we're considering all the possible angles uh, in terms of how the stories will be played out and who the characters are and then eventually um, the, the stories are assigned to various writers and then the writers um, take it one step further and actually begin fleshing it out and present it back to the to the room, the writers' room, and to the other actors. And it's a it's very convoluted, but I think for the most part, a really successful process because the stories that come out um, have been really thought through, um, and you can kind of see um, in the longer arc how they all work out. Well, and like you were saying, that the show is going to end next season. Do you guys already have a, a basic outline of how the show's going to end? And I mean, obviously, you don't have to um, say anything about what is going to happen, but do you guys already kind of have an idea of next season so far or not yet? Uh, actually, a very good idea. Uh, in fact, oh, we were so considering cool season five to be part one of a two part, you know, 26 episodes season. And so nice. we were breaking. Season five, in terms of how it's going to be affecting season six and how it will eventually end. And Graham actually had almost a, an extremely specific image he had in mind about the ending of the entire series, wow. um, and that's been carrying us through for the past you know, for the past year in terms of where we're sort of heading. So yes, absolutely, we we kind of know where we not only do we know where we're going, but we know where we want to go. Um, yeah. uh, and 
Well, a caveat is a lot of it changes over time, especially as we see the cuts and we see the episodes and we see how the characters are evolving. But generally, we have a, a sort of goal in mind, yes. That's awesome to hear. And you can definitely yeah. tell with the show that, it, I mean, even in that first episode, you kind of see a little bit of foreshadowing, a little bit of, I mean, in the pilot I'm talking about, um, yeah. of things to come. And it seems very well structured, just very well thought out, which, I mean, those are always my favorite shows are the ones that exactly that know where they're going. And like you said, just kind of keep that vision in mind all the way through. That's, I knew you would say that, but I'm so glad to hear you say that. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and you actually, you have a credit for writing one of the episodes this season. Uh, is it, is it this next upcoming episode on Tuesday no. or is it? No, it's episode nine. Okay. So it's, it's called long roads and I co-wrote it with, uh, Dave and John okay. and, uh, who's, uh, one of the executive producers and it, it's, uh, the episodes I, I tend to be assigned are the ones that are sort of right before, everything kicks off to the final few episodes. Yeah. And so they're always difficult, but really fun to write. But this particular episode that, that, that I co-wrote, um, uh, and you'll, and some of this information has already been released, but it sort of, it centers around, uh, Raylan being, uh, you know, going after the crows with a little bit more vigor and being partnered up with, or working with a DEA agent who has sort of, disturbing echoes or hints of, of, of Raylan of the ghost of Raylan future. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, that sounds really exciting. Oh my gosh. Now, is there any moment uh, in season five that has happened that, uh, so far that you've been particularly proud of? Well, I think what's the, the fascinating thing about uh, some of these seasons in general is how certain characters will, just pop on screen in a way that we hadn't expected in yeah. uh, in the in the actual gestation or writing of it. So so one of the one of the actors, AJ Buckley, um, who plays Danny, mm -hmm. uh, we had an, uh, sort of an image in mind of who he was. You know, a, a little definitely crazy. You know, um, sociopathic, but we didn't sort of anticipate the the amount of intelligence and humor that the actor brought to it. And so within the very first few scenes, he would, he would read a line or do a take in a way that, you know, made us all start sort of startled and then laugh and then realize, oh my God, he's, he's doing it in a way that's perfect. And so we began writing to that. And, and, and so there are a couple actually improvised lines in the past episode in Kill a Messenger um, where he's, he's trying to play along with, um, Basically, he, he comes up with a few lines that we hadn't anticipated, and right. we were all laughing on the floor when we were watching the early cuts. And, and that kind of <laughs> thing is exciting when you see an actor sort of take a role and just make it his, and then do what we what we intended, but even more so. I, you have to love and appreciate that kind of improv. That's for real. Uh, now, you mentioned earlier that you were also shooting with Justified. Are you a part of like in the director director's chair, or what goes on with that? Well, basically, on a TV show, the writers of the episode will all, always go on set, um, at least on this show, um, and work with the director and work with the actors, in part because uh, there are directors coming in every week, and although all of them have a really good handle on, on the show and on the tone and, and how it's going to be shot, 
uh, they don't necessarily have the full story in their heads. Um, and, and, they, and there's no reason why they should because they're coming in, whereas the writers have been working on it all season. And so it's important on a TV show, especially a highly serialized one like this one, for the writers to be on set and to say, okay, this is what's going on in this scene. This is why it's important. Um, and, and to sort of monitor things. So like if a, an actor will go, for example, will go offline or go off script in a way that will be um, detrimental for later episodes, which we, the writers also have, uh, know what's going on, we need to sort of rein everything in and say, okay, wait, it has to be this way because in, in two more episodes, this character is going to go in this direction. So in oh. a way, it's just, it's just the writer being the guiding hand and um, um, just, uh, just an objective uh, sort of control issue in terms of uh, keeping things on track for the for the season. But but the directors have you know in terms of uh, uh, how it's shot and everything, all all the control in that aspect. But it's more about the story and about where the, where the story's going. That's great. Yeah, that's that is awesome to hear. I mean, you can kind of. Um... You can kind of tell there's a good, like, well-oiled machine with everything because it does all flow really well together. The writing and, like you said, the acting, the actors taking what you guys say and and breathing life into it. And then it just – it all seems so fluid. It's a great – It's really um, hard to find that in a, a show yeah. nowadays, for real. It's very true. Well, and you guys – uh, with Justified, I mean, the, just the Justified writing team in general, uh, they've received, what, seven primetime Emmy nominations or something like that? Um, it's – it's fantastic. It's very underrated, but I wonder if, do you guys ha feel any pressure trying to, I guess, um, hold yourself to that same standard with each season? I know you've mainly worked on season five, but I didn't know if there was any, um, any, anything that you guys felt even with season five, um, with that. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I joined the, I joined the team last season, season four. And I think, uh, what I, what I found coming into this team is that one, is you're absolutely right. It's extremely well oiled, and um, everyone is very confident in terms of what they're doing and how they do it. And because of that, there is not that much pressure in terms of what they're thinking or what they're worried about in terms of other people doing it. They, everyone is so committed, um, all throughout, all down the line, from from Graham Yost, the showrunner, to everyone down below, to even the grips and all the crew. Everyone is extremely committed to telling. Uh, this story in this world in a way that's already been sort of firmly established. And so that's sort of, there's almost a, uh, an apathy to what other people are saying because it's all about telling these really great stories with these great characters, with these great actors. And so in terms of, you know, going back to another question of, uh, you know, what made it proud and what made us sort of, sort of uh, you know, made it, made it pop for us, it's when all these elements sort of come together. Because we often were writing in isolation, we're writing in our offices, and we're breaking stories together, but it isn't until we're on set and everything's been, everything begins coming together with not just the actor and the writer and the director, but with the sound and with the stunts and the crew and the, and the sets and everything. Um, that is kind of interesting. I don't know, magic happens where everything falls into place because everyone is so committed to telling the stories. Um, yeah. And so in the end, when we just watch the cuts and we see, and, and the premiere we actually saw on, you know, on a big movie screen with, with all the crew there, um, there's this immense pride of 
really doing a good job and being honest um, and genuine in telling these stories. And we know that no matter what the awards are or what the accolades are, or if there are any, yeah. or if we're above the radar or under the radar, that these stories are going to live on. And this, this show will outlast all of us. Um, and we're all very proud of that. That is definitely something to be proud of. Yeah. And of course, it seems like you guys are having fun doing it while you're making the show. And that's another thing that's very important when making uh, a good product for somebody to watch. Now, uh, I know you probably can't answer this uh, per se, but I have to ask it. Are we going to see Dickie Bennett again? He's clearly a beloved character, and Jeremy Davies is so amazing in his role. Um, it was unclear as to whether or not he died at the end of season three. So, I mean, it would kind of be cool to know if we can look forward to see him coming back or if he's just gone altogether. Well, I, I can tell you this much. He did not die. And, Ooh. and we, not just you, not just fans, all of us, even in, you know, behind the typewriter, behind the computer's writing, uh, love Dickie Bennett. And so with that in mind, uh, know that we always want to bring back the characters that we love. Yeah. yeah, okay. I like that answer. I do like that answer. <laughs> <laughs> so what can we expect from the upcoming episodes from season five that and we have left? Yeah, and you've told us a little bit about your episode that you're writing and just that you guys are kind of splitting the the kind of the finale of Justified into the two seasons, five and six. But it just seems like every episode this season is just like more chaotic than the last and so much fun though. But yeah, what what all uh what all can you tell us about the rest of the season? Well, what, what, at this point now, we're about into in the, in the midpoint of, the, of this season. Right. And, and it's now time to sort of break. It was very chaotic, and it was, there were a lot of things going on. And now what you're going to see happen is slowly all these elements are going to be converging and coming together uh, in terms of the crows and, and boy, in terms of Raylan and, 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 and what his relationship with, with them Right. His relationship with them as well as what's going on with art. So slowly we're sort of trying to maneuver the pieces so that they come together so we get we move toward that the climax of the season that will also kick off uh, season six. So it's all very um, very calculated in that we we have this big sort of board in which we are sort of laying it all out and trying to make sure that the the story sort of hit the right moments at the right time. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 and, and I mean, I, we acknowledge that early on there were a lot of characters and a lot of stories going on. But slowly, uh, hopefully, you guys saw that we were sort of bringing them all together. And that's basically what's going to happen from this point on. That's awesome to hear. I mean, honestly, I felt like there were the perfect there was the perfect amount of plots and subplots. And like you said, the characters that were there that are new characters and um, you know, there were characters I didn't know their purpose at first, but I found it out very quickly within the next few episodes. Cause like you said, you guys have, you know, purposes for each of these characters. And that's, I think that's part of what makes a good TV show even better. It makes it great. It makes the fans kind of rabid for more exactly. um, of the show. And kind of on that note, I just, this is just some speculation, but you also worked on a, a very critically acclaimed show called Awake on NBC that was canceled after its first season or really at the end of its, toward the end of its first season. Um, and I saw yesterday that NBC revived Heroes for a 13-episode miniseries. And 
we do live in a really cool time in television history where um, old shows like Arrested Development or um, I know there's some other ones out there, but that's the easiest one, um, have can sometimes get some new life brought into them by being picked up by other networks or other things like that. Um, what would you think about, I mean, it's pure speculation. I'm not saying this is something that would happen, obviously, but if Awake got picked up for a second season or a movie or anything, what would you, how would you feel about that? Would you be just as excited to go back and work on it again if you could, just out of curiosity? Oh, absolutely. I think uh, some of the creator of that show, Kyle Killen, uh, that show was uh, very dear to him and that he had this very strong idea about how he wanted it to look on screen and what he wanted to do with in terms of the characters. Uh, but he also knew it was a risk because it was a network show that also was, had this interesting you know, bifurcation of storytelling because of the, the two worlds that, that the character was living in. And it was also in an odd way a procedural in those sort of two elements. And so he knew how much of a risk it was. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, uh, because it was such a risk, all of us uh, on, the, on that team sort of knew that it may or may not go. And so, especially for the final episodes, we just went went for it and just said, to hell with it. We're just going to do what we do. And so that was just a great experience. And I know that if there, if there, if a second season, if we had a second season, we had all a bunch of things, a whole bunch of things planned out for it. Um, but it really, it's, it comes down to Kyle and what he wants to do. And if he's presented with the opportunity to to redo it. I know that he has a very cable sensibility, very literary and literate sensibility. And I know yeah. that if if he was if you were given the opportunity to redo that show or to continue that show in a smaller format, um, without the pressure of the network pressure, I'm sure he would be thinking twice or three times about definitely, you know, going at it again. And I would be happy to join it because it was a very kind of special, a special show because of its complexity and the sort of psychological uh, insights that, that we are trying to um, get to. So a long answer, but basically, <laughs> yes, um, I love that show. And whatever difficulties we had because of the formats that we were trying to accommodate, um, I think that it could be uh, an amazing show, uh, possibly if it's smaller, you know, burning, weighing in a little bit more. Um, with Kyle at the helm. So, yeah, um, who knows? You know, one of the other showrunners of that show, Howard Gordon, you know, he he rebooted uh, 24, and that's going to be coming back. So who that's knows right. what, yeah, what what these guys uh, can and are able to sort of pull off. So, yeah, I'd be happy to show them. Well, and, you know, the fan base is there, and I think that's the thing that's becoming more and more important with TV shows is even if the fan base is is quiet in terms of ratings that as long as the show has a fan base that builds or that grows over time sometimes it can compensate for the ratings um eventually or that can kind of flip um and also there are a lot of uh crowdfunding sites as well i mean obviously veronica mars got a tv or a movie made um just by the from the fact that fans wanted to see more so still waiting on a firefly comeback though that's yeah. <laughs> that's something that still needs to happen but uh it would be great on other terms something that you're also have working on or done at the same time uh you've recently written a book titled trip lines which is out later this year it's coming out in the summer is that correct 
Yeah, in uh, June. Okay. Now, it's more of a, a coming-of-age story, but the interesting thing about this is that it's an autobiographical novel. Um, why did yeah. you decide to go this route? Why did you decide to uh, fuse your life with, I'm assuming, with autobiographical novels? Or there's like real life mixed with fiction. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. Uh, so the story behind that is originally uh, I was writing it as a memoir. Um, completely, truly autobiographical about <clears throat> my childhood in Long Island when I was when my family was imploding and um, I apprenticed myself with a local marijuana grower and dealer and and all the sort of stories that sort of evolved from there. Uh, but what I found was um, as I was finishing an early draft of it was that there were uh, legal issues uh, that began arising for a lot of reasons. In part because uh, uh, it involves issues with my father, who I haven't been in touch with for you know over 20 years. It involves things with people with illegalities that could potentially um, echo back not just to me but to other people who who I'm, you know who I remain close to. And so it was important for me to um, divorce the reality of it from the legality of it, so that uh, I'm I was allowed. I was given sort of more freedom in terms of, of the story I wanted to tell. So with that, I decided to take that memoir and reconfigure it, you know, collapse a couple characters, change some timelines, um, keep the core of it, uh, which is true, keep the core of it accurate and sort of genuine, but I'll give myself some leeway in terms of not having to, you know, name specific characters, specific people who who were alive at the time or who are alive now. And so it was more, more, in more ways than one, it was a way to protect myself and the people around me. So, so that's, and, and because my other, my other books were all fiction, other, uh, all novels, I felt, you know, very comfortable in that form. So I decided to go back to it and sort of call it an autobiographical novel because of all the true elements that are in it. Yet enough has been changed in that it can be called, um, in an accurate way, be called fiction. Okay, nice. Yeah, and I think that's a very honest way to write and to call it, like you said, not a biographical novel, um, because I think a lot of novels have autobiographical characteristics, and maybe they don't uh, say that, but you can kind of see it sometimes. So it's good to hear a term like that that seems very accurate to this. Like you said, the story it sounds like you're trying to tell, which is awesome. Um, I've got a, a random question for you, but do you do you ever wear Raylan's hat on set every now and then, or can you get me one? Because they're so cool. I'm not serious. You don't have to get me one, but I just—it's such a cool hat. I love his hat. Absolutely. I mean, it is an awesome hat, and there are actually two of them because everyone's worried about something happening to it. But they're also surprisingly, and I didn't know this, really expensive. Uh, wow. In terms of like the, the, I guess they're custom made for him or something, and. And then actually on, on the FX website, on, what, on the uh, FX uh, shopping site, you can actually buy a replica of it. But even there, it's kind of expensive. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I'm going to do that. Like, I'm not even kidding. I'm going to go home and do that because <laughs> that's incredible. Now, Leonard, is there anything else that you're working on? I know you said you're working on Justify. You have trip lines coming out. But is there anything else that you're working on that you would like to plug? Um, no, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to plug Justified. I hope people, you know, um, keep watching, especially as we move into these, these final episodes, and especially for season six, which will, I think, be kind of amazing. And 
And if and if there are people who are interested in in the novel, check that out when it comes out. But otherwise, um, I'm I'm extremely proud of, of the show, and uh, I and all the writers, you know, just want people to watch and tune in and sort of be engaged with it uh, because it's something that all of us have worked really hard on, and we we hope that it, you know it keeps it keeps and finds its, its audience. Great. Yeah, well, and honestly, I could tell even just. Um, following your Twitter account, which you guys should also do, um, I could tell, like you said, you're very proud of the show and you guys really should be. It's, it's a fantastic show. I can't recommend it enough. Um, it's the perfect combination. It starts out kind of like a, kind of a cop crime show. And then it turns into this mostly Western feeling, uh, crime show that is just so original and so cool to watch. I love every week I, I, t- I tune in and watch it. It's incredible. Now, Leonard, how can people keep up with what you're doing on the internet? Like Matt said, you have a Twitter, but you also have a, you have a Facebook fan page or anything like that. And what are they? Uh, basically it's Twitter uh, at Leonard Chang. And then I have a website that's, it's connected to my uh, Tumblr account. It's uh, LeonardChang.com. But basically on Twitter, I, I keep, I keep people sort of abreast with mostly justified and or my fiction stuff. But, uh, that or, or the Tumblr account. Great. Now I got to awesome. thank you again. Thank you so much yes, for taking the time. You. We would love to have you back on in the future. Once justified is wrapped up, maybe we can get more of an insider's look into what happens in the, uh, the next season, but we would love to have you back on. Oh, that, that's great. I, I, I love that too. And I appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to me and, you know, sending us out there. And, uh, thanks. I'm Michael Archeris. I'm Matt Sanderlin. And I'm Leonard Chan. This has been a Command Entertainment production, and you've just been rendered.